0: Hello, hello. How's everyone doing out there? It's your pal Dane Alves with another enticing, wonderful, excellent, dark and gritty episode of Dane Rants that I have for you today. This uh, you know, a show in which I do every once in a while, especially when a big movie's coming out. This movie that's coming out is called The Batman. And basically within this show I plan on telling you, the good people of Geek Fives Nation, some movies that you can check out that are not actually comic book-themed movies. There's ones that actually exist outside of that plane. It's crazy. Um, That were inspired to the director, Matt Reeves, for this movie. After that, I'm going to go over a couple key areas of how we basically got The Dark Knight. How that character... The, the version of Batman that we saw when he originally started until it got very, very cheesy towards the late 50s, throughout the 60s, and a little bit of the 70s, uh, before basically Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams came into the things, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys like just a little bit of a wrap-up and what key books kind of also inspired this. And then I'm going to do my top 20. Yes, I am saying it. Top 20 films, both obviously live-action and animated um, I have made some exceptions uh, within the list. Uh, basically, just to let you know up front, I don't have Batman Gotham by Gaslight. I don't have Batman versus Robin. Um, I don't have Batman Son of. You know, there's certain ones I just. I didn't get a chance to watch. All these other movies I've watched in the last, I want to say, three weeks. So, you know, I had a show for you where we talked about. Spider-Man, and I also talked about the Spider-Man movies, and I watched all of them and had a great time doing that, so I thought I'd apply the same amount of effort and sit my ass down, possibly consume some cannabis, and watch these Batman movies. So let's start from the top. All right, so films to watch. Now, director Matt Reeves obviously dived right into a lot of the stuff that directors like Christopher Nolan and... Tim Burton have done before, you know, the Frank Miller epics, you know, your Alan Moore stories, uh, the animated series itself and all the stuff from Tim sales and especially Jeff Loeb, uh, including, like I said, the long Halloween dark victory later on with Jim Lee, Jeff Loeb did hush. So there are stuff though, that he said inspired his script, And maybe I shouldn't say his script, because I just realized I have no clue if it is his script. But his interpretation, at least, of this Batman based on the script. And either subtleties in in cinematography or certain style plot points, it went to a couple films uh, in which he, he, uh, he got inspiration. And all of them I have seen. Big fan of all of them. I'll definitely, um, there's a couple more, like if you went and saw some lists online of movies to watch that aren't comic-related for Batman, or The Batman, I should say, you know, you can find it out there. I, I looked, it wasn't too hard, but I know that Clute is uh, very, very old school. I mean, if we want to go all the way back, we can go to Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart, but I know Clute was, was suggested... I plan on checking it out, because Donald Sutherland's in it, and he plays the main character, Detective Clute. and I love Donald Sutherland and Kiefer. Um, I probably pronounced both their names wrong just now. Apologize. It's been a long workday, guys, but uh, I wanted to get the show for you. <laughs> but yes, I've heard Cluth. I've heard All the President's Men, which I've seen before. Great movie. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, anything. The French Connection. So basically, Blade Runner... Um, Shutter Island, so movies where the purse, there's a big old mystery and people are trying to figure it out. So, wanted to mention them. Some of them I haven't seen, some of them I have seen. Uh, Shutter Island I've seen recently, great movie. But the ones that he has specifically said or mentioned, uh, the first one was Roman Polanski's, I think it was made in 1971, 72, Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. Incredible film if you've never seen it. I know a lot of people like to apply the whole like, well, I just I could tell it's older, so blah blah blah. Just especially for the '70s, there's so much intelligent filmmaking from then. I love the '80s. It's it's fun. It's 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 pop. It's 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 catchy, you know. But the '70s had some very intelligent filmmaking done back then. Give it a try. It's a detective story. I'll give you the 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 gist of it. Basically Jack Nicholson used to be a police officer. He is now a private eye. He gets commissioned from this lady to check to see if his husband of her if the husband is uh you know cheating on her. Um and kind of goes from there and when he finds the husband and finds out where he works and that the woman might not have been actually the the uh the wife of that said husband, it kind of makes him go down a trail Really great movie, great ending, but a very sad, sad ending, very somber, but one of Jack Nicholson's best performances, I would definitely recommend it. I would go down to two uh, films from David Fincher, who at least for this film, I don't know if it's overall, because I haven't checked out, it's been a while since I saw the the Apes movies that Matt Reeves is known for, uh, the second and third one of this last trilogy, that were incredible films, but I haven't seen them since they came out. Or maybe when they, uh, again, when they came out on a DVD or I don't know if streaming was back then. It's been a long time. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't know if he's directly influenced by David Fincher in a, in, a, in a cinematic way. Like, you know, he gets with a cinematographer and has a similar eye for how he wants to cut and edit stuff. Um, but it seems like he's definitely inspired for this because Seven and Zodiac. We're both recommended. Seven is one of my favorite films. After Fight Club, I would say it's my second favorite David Fincher film. Uh, just an incredibly... its And and then, of course, I, I, I would put Alien 3. I'm just kidding. Don't don't get mad at me about that. Um, but Seven is an incredible film. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt. Morgan Freeman's trying to get out of the job of working in New York City. Uh, they got the serial killer. Brad Pitt's the new guy in town. Um, and they're both detectives... Morgan's about to step down, they both get enthralled with this case and go on a nice little, uh, you know, journey, trying to figure out who the man is, Zodiac, a similar killer in the essence that he wants to be seen, based on the actual Zodiac killer, Uh, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal, it's got Mark Ruffalo, and it's got Iron Man, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., oh yeah, so it's got Mysterio, the Hulk, and Iron Man all in it. But great film uh, based off of real events of this killer who might have killed some of the people he claimed to kill, or at least, I mean, he was definitely doing it very blatantly, no reason, no logic, you know, not like your normal serial killer, more for attention. And then just never really until, you know, more recent times got caught uh, for what he did. So, you have Jake Gyllenhaal, who's the cartoonist, uh, for the newspaper or the the, I forgot which company they work for, uh, and then obviously the seasoned writer and Robert Downey, Robert Robert Downey Jr., uh, Robert Downey Jr., and then you have obviously Mark Ruffalo as the police officer, and all of them trying to find out where this guy is, what he's up to, what are all these weird puzzles, uh, and I know for a fact that you got to realize this Riddler is kind of a hodgepodge of the Zodiac Killer, the the real Riddler himself that kind of would fuck with Bruce and get in his head and kill people inevitably sometimes, uh, you know, if he could not figure out his riddles. Uh, but he's also a little bit of Hush and Calendar Man, too. And we'll talk about both of those characters when I get to the movies that they're involved in. Um, but it seems like it's kind of like putting them all into one. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Paul Dano. I love him as an actor. I think he's great. He's actually in one of the, the next movie I'm about to uh, mention, Prisoners. But he's also been in, you know, Love and Mercy, playing Brian Wilson Young in the Beach Boys. Uh, he's There Will Be Blood. Uh, I remember the first movie I saw him in was, oh, man, The Girl Next Door, where he played the dorky friend of Emil Hirsch. Um, you know, it's kind of risky business if you've never seen it with. Uh, A little bit of a twist. Um, Timothy Oliphant plays, like, not a pimp, but, like, a porn producer. And Alicia Cuthbert is a beautiful girl next door that Emile Hirsch falls in love with. But that's that's the first time I saw Paul Dano. But, yes, Prisoners. Holy crap. Denis Villeneuve is an an incredible director. What he was able to do with Blade Runner. You know, um, I forgot what the the name of the sequel. I'll say Blade Runner 2. Um, And what he was able to do with Dune. And it, it's like the scale of his movies have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, but he started off, you know, rather small. Um, I'll actually say that he's always kind of reminded me of Fincher and, and an array of other directors, but especially the material that he likes to go for. He also did it. Sicario uh, with Benicio del Toro, incredible film. If you've never seen it, um, a lot of stuff that's going on in Mexico with the cartels is, currently going on still today and kind of incorporates that but back i think this might have been his second or third film he made a movie called prisoners now this movie starred oh man so let's see viola davis and terrence howard played the 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 parents of one girl um and then obviously it's hugh jackman paul dano's in it i already mentioned that earlier um, Who's the main cop that's involved in... Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. This is another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Anyways, I'm so, I've been seeing all these movies so much in rapid pace, so bear with me. We're, it's going to be even worse when we get to the Batman like adapted graphic novel movies because they kind of have such a similar theme and it makes sense with being inspired for this specific movie. But anyways, Prisoners is amazing. I don't want to give too much away... Um, Hugh Jackman's family gets with Terrence Howard's family for Thanksgiving. The older siblings are seen on the couch watching TV, uh, and Hugh Jackman's like, and I mean, this is Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Holy shit, this is the performance that he used for Logan. Like, this is this he revved himself up off of this performance. I feel like not the Wolverine movie that came out. Let me just clarify on that. But Hugh Jackman is like, hey, where's Where's your sisters? And both of them have younger sisters. And they go missing. And it's a whole entire psychological concept of Jake Gyllenhaal trying to find the the uh, the person that did it and Hugh Jackman not trusting him doing his job quickly enough or efficiently enough because he's concerned about his daughter and what lengths you will go as a parent to find out where your child is, even if it could be unfortunately dead at that point just to know what the fuck happened, and, oh, by the way, I'll be cussing throughout all this, I think I might have done it beforehand, but this, that was one for me to remember, so just, uh, just to let you know, sorry, we're not PG, we're uh, PG-13, hopefully, hopefully I don't get a hard R, Uh, I don't even know what the hell this movie's rated, I'm pretty sure PG-13, but people are saying it's just, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, bloody, but yeah, to wrap up Prisoners, incredible film, one of Denny Villeneuve's best films, and it's a much smaller setting. Uh, kind of, not like Gone Baby Gone, but I don't know. It, the one thing, I, I can't relate as being a parent, because I'm not. So if you are, you might not want to watch this, especially if you have young kids, because it puts a lot of thoughts in my head. And uh, yeah, just a great film. So if aspects come from this, from these cinematic I would say classics between all four of these. Obviously, Chinatown and Seven are a little bit more well-known, mainstream. Um, But trust me, check out these films. Even if you don't want to watch it before the movie, just check them out in general. They're great films. So let's go over some history of The Dark Knight. Now, I think people start at the wrong time period when they start talking about The Dark Knight, the transition. Now, completely, it really started happening in the later half of the 80s, after Christ on Infinite Earth, you know, but before that happened, you had the 60s that was, they they kind of forced the editors and, you know, DC itself to distribute a more happy, cheesy version of Batman that was presented beforehand, where he was murdersome, and he was like literally a part of the police department at one point, and... You know, it was it was very, very different, widely different. So the 70s, instead of just going straight to Frank Miller, you got to understand the importance of Denny O'Neill, like I said earlier, and Neil Adams. Um, what they were able to con- contribute, I think they did Green Arrow before they did Batman. I could be wrong on that. But Batman, this is the same... When you see that image of Raja Ghul without a shirt on fighting Batman with the cowl on but no shirt on as well, sword fighting over you know a volcano or whatever the fuck it is. That comes from their comics. A lot of they, they made it more detective, they made it a little more darker. I mean, shoot, in the Green Arrow comics, they were exploring the fact that um, Roy Harper was a junkie. And, you know, got really bad on the heroin, So they were bringing some realism back to it. And this same guy was the editor for DC Comics throughout the 80s. When we go to the end of it, we have, I mean, Frank Miller, obviously. The Dark Knight Returns. And obviously, Batman Year One. He made the ending of what he feels like Batman should end. And then the beginning. But they're two of the most well-known stories that really are woven either one into a lot of these films and the concept of Batman itself Alan Moore along oh and just just to, just to let you know because I'm about to tell you Alan Moore with the artist the one thing that makes Frank Miller special besides the fact that he did The Dark Knight and he did Batman Year 1 is the fact that he wrote and did the art for The Dark Knight. He had a, another artist partner, I don't remember off the top of my head, for year one, but that's so beautiful about him is that he can do both sides. Um, Then Alan Moore came out and had uh, Brian uh, Boland to do the beautiful art for The Killing Joke, an incredible comic. You know, you, you start breaking down Batman. He goes back to being a detective in the late 70s with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, gets darker, crisis happens, and then the Dark Knight Returns is an else world, but it kind of shows you where Batman can get gritty. And then Batman Year One, his, his, his sequel prequel, if you will, kind of shows you how Batman would have started as a detective in this dark underworld of Gotham. Alan Moore with a killing joke. I mean, you have the, the biggest part, obviously, with the Joker showing up over at the Gordon's residence and shooting Barbara Gordon in the leg, crippling her and causing her to be in a wheelchair um, while demasculating her father. Just Alan Moore, another guy. I mean, these three writers, Frank Miller, Alan Moore, and then Jim Starlin, who invented a guy called Thanos. You guys might have heard of him. He used to write for the New Gods. The primary writer that really fleshed out Dark Side and a lot of those characters after Jack Kirby was the same guy that invented Thanos when he went over to Marvel because he wanted to continue kind of working on a similar character but he did a great book with Mike Mignola um I believe Mike if if I'm not mistaken that's the one who made Hellboy maybe I'm screwing that up could be blame it on uh blame it on the rain is that a song whatever but Jim Starlin made Death in the Family a book that is a great story of Jason Todd's death, but was also at the time um, voted in by fans of whether or not Jason should live, and they decided to get rid of him. And then Tim Drake would, of course, come next. But so we go: Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, seventies. Denny O'Neill becomes editor and lists all of these guys to, you know, basically. I don't know if it was his principle or the fact that he thought these writers could handle him, and that's what happened, but made him a much darker character. Um, obviously, eighty nine, I think, would Batman eighty nine would help that, uh, since Batman eighty nine is a Batman film directed by Tim Burton, where I think that Batman Returns is a Tim Burton film with Batman in it. So you would have guys that should have a lot of credit, I believe. Batman the Animated Series with Paul Denny and Bruce Tim. Paul Denny would go on to do all the video games, the you know, um Assault No, is it Assault on Arkham? Um, Arkham Asylum, you know, Arkham City, those the story was written by him. Bruce Tim obviously did the art for the animated series and all of the DC EU, and then he would go on with Dwayne McDuffie after Batman and I believe Superman. Dwayne would come on, R.I.P. Uh, and do Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, so Paul Denny just, you don't understand the brilliance, because he took characters, characters like Scarecrow, say, you know, characters like Two-Face, characters like Poison Ivy, Riddler, um, you know, and even like really obscure ones, like the Ventriloquist, you know, and they were a joke, and he made them or clocking for that matter, made them really feasible villains within the series. He also created characters. Um, Along with Bruce Timm, they created the character and the design for Harley Quinn, um, for uh, the Phantasm. Uh, Let's see. They created, obviously, Batman Beyond himself. Um, See, I wish I had all the stuff. The other day I, I saw this and I was like, ooh, they did a lot of cool things. But, oh, They redefined Mr. Freeze completely and made Nora Freeze or Nora Fries or whatever the hell the name of it is. Uh, So he would have that backstory with her. I mean, to say that they didn't, if you couldn't tell from that noise, I I kind of accidentally dropped my phone. But anyways, to say that they didn't contribute, especially Paul, on this amazing universe becoming what it was and also on the the reception and the perception of Batman himself, how people would, you know, react to it and then wanting to use it as a future groundwork. I mean, you had the Mark Hamill Joker, which was very Jack Nicholson Joker. Even had like a I used to be a gangster backstory. If you watched Mask of the Phantasm. Um but also, a lot of the comics and just that craziness. And then you have Bruce, and you get to watch him become still, you know, a little gruffy, but more of the detective and be paranoid as hell by the end of it. So thank you, Batman The Animated Series. Thank you, Paul Dinny. Thank you, Bruce Tim. Thank you, thank you Dwayne McDuffie, for, and rest in peace, for all you contributed into creating that Batman. Uh, obviously, I would definitely say Grant Morrison, someone, between JLA and his run at Batman just figured out the dark Knight in a way that was amazing. I will just say, if you've never read tower of Babel and want to read a book in which Raja Ghul gets contingency plans from Batman that are located in his back cave, um, announced to the justice league members of how to take down all of them. Uh, I will give it a read some good stuff. And then I already talked about it with, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim sales. They made Batman long Halloween and Dark Victory. We'll talk about that when we get to the animated stuff. And then what Jim Lee made Hush. And then also Batman Ego was something that was presented to me. As a comic that I should check out. That was made not too long ago. All of those were inspirations. Apparently. For, well, I don't know how much of the animated series were. But Batman The Long Halloween. Batman Ego. Batman Year One. They contributed a lot towards this movie of the Batman with Robert Pattinson, directed by Matt Reeves. So it's always fun to find out what, you know, what what uh, what the director, what was in his mind when he came up with this stuff. And if he already knew and had a perception of Batman beforehand, or if he actually gained knowledge throughout the process of directing this film. So mixing some movies like Chinatown and, and Seven and Zodiac, And combining it with some of the best Batman stories like Batman Year One, which Batman Begins is too. um, But Batman The Long Halloween, which the whole Dark Knight trilogy is as well. It just, it makes a lot of sense. And it's going to show levels and depth to this film that I don't think would be there really without it. But, um, sorry, I had to change some stuff on my phone real quick. And I wanted to make sure that I was correct about this. Yes. Okay. Dwayne McDuffie. I just want to make sure I got his name, uh, correctly, or at least is, is, uh, and also I said, RIP and tragically he is gone, has been gone since 2011. Credible writer. He made milestone comics static, you know, icon, all those characters derived from him. And I hope to be seeing his characters, uh, come throughout the DCU or whatever version of whatever earth, Throughout this DC movie multiverse. uh, And not be one of the things I have to worry about. actually do some really good stuff. There's a lot of great characters within there. Uh, Rocket's another character. Hardwire, you know. But, uh, yeah. This is not about Dwayne McDuffie. But like I said, rest in peace. Just like to make sure that I am correct. So let's do this, guys. I gave you some films to watch in the future. Great films. Detective films suggestions based on what is provided as content that inspired the story that we're about to talk about or well i will be doing a review for i should say and then we we will i will find out where it and or where it lands on my list of the top 20 but i also gave you a history of the dark knight what writers really contributed and made batman a much darker character um when thinking about him so I think it's time to start this countdown. So for some of the, what we're going to do is 20 to 1. And I think my top 10, especially maybe maybe going past the top 15, I'll be more thorough. But certain other stuff, certain things about it, I just don't think I really have to. And I apologize. I think I need a little sip of some water just to wet my palate. Apologize, guys, for doing this on the air. but I feel like I'm halfway done. So all right, let's do this. And if you're wondering, Dane, there's animated films on here. Some of them obviously don't have the budget that a movie always people perceive as the worst. There's no way that Batman and Robin made number 20. And if you were to say that to me, I would say you are wrong because it definitely made number 20. Now look, to anyone that wants to f- fucking defend that film, I don't know, I mean, you could choose a hell of a lot of other things to debate about, but if you really want to defend Batman and Robin, I would just do it with a wall, because there are people that probably like this film, I'm sure that some of it is a nostalgia thing, I've seen a lot of movies I'm nostalgic about, and I know which ones are shit, and actually which ones, you know, were good, so I'll just put it that way, I'm sorry, this movie's fucking terrible, I was so mad that I had to watch this when I realized it was the longest out of the Schumacher um Burton era and uh it sucked. <laughs> George Clooney to me was the only person that was acting in it. Um everyone else, I don't even know what the fuck film they were in. Um Mr. Freeze, I'll I'll give I'll give Arnold a little bit of a pass because you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that actually. Just w- what killed the dinosaurs? oh my god, just just some terrible, terrible stuff, <clears throat> but I think he was trying to go for a throwback to the old show, and I will say, too, because I have Batman 66 on this list, everyone always says, oh, well, DC kind of forced Schumacher to go more to the 60s, with this one specifically in Batman Forever, and I, I, I don't have a doubt that that's maybe what they presented towards him, but... It fucking wasn't. I'm sorry. These were giant toy commercials, especially Batman and Robin. The Credit card at the fucking beginning. I mean, it's so garbage. The old, When we get to Batman 66, I'll talk about it more. But this, if it was trying to, it did a horrible job even at that. The whole rivalry between you know, I said I'm not going to go into stuff, but this movie definitely needs me to go into it a little bit. Okay, the whole entire thing with rivalry between Robin and Batman, uh Chris O'Donnell and 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 George Clooney are, are struck by Uma Thurman's poison ivy, who, by the way, has no clue if she's in like a 1920s, see, type of gangster, see? Oh, I'm going on the town. Like, what the fuck is she talking? Bane. Oh, my God. First of two Banes, both white, whatever. Jesus Christ. That's not... A, that. I mean, that's our, that, That's ridiculous that they can't get the origin right, but they couldn't even get him right. He had the Venom. That was about it. He was big, dumb Bane. He was Solomon Grandi, basically. Um, It was fucking terrible. It was awful. <sighs> God. I, I mean... The only redeeming thing I can say is that at least George Clooney was trying, and he shouldn't be apologizing for this film. The whole fucking thing with Barbara. She's not Barbara Gordon. She's Alfred's niece. Niece! He's like 106, and he has this disease that he has that he's dying from. Instead of just dying of old age, whatever. And it is a disease called McGregor's disease. And by the end of it, they realize that that's the same thing that Mr. Freeze's wife has. So they allow him to figure out the puzzle or, you know, work on it. Oh, he gets a cure, and he's fine. And Alfred's fine at the end of it. There was no stakes. Uh, the cinematography's terrible. There's parts where, where fucking Mr. Freeze drops his gun and picks it back up. It is absolutely bonkers the worst fucking Batman movie. Live action, fucking animated, anything. God, I'm going to have a heart attack talking about that shit. All right, number 19... Got Batman: The Killing Joke. Oh, oh. I'll give it this: <laughs> if they stay towards the comics, which a good portion of it is, if someone wants to give me the the real edit of the fucking book that I read uh, back when I was in high school, that'd be great because it was plus this backstory romance with Barbara and Bruce. Look, they did that in the animated series, but the animated series it had a lot of differences than the actual comics. So and and her age also was older, and then when she got older, they got together at some point. Whatever the fuck. But it's a weird concept, and I guess Lego Batman too, Rosario Dawson played her, but that's that's also different, I think. I'm not saying Barbara needs to always be w- w- with Dick Grayson. That's not what I'm saying. I, she doesn't need a fuck Batman, like on some random building roof, and have this this weird story woven into it. And this awkwardness between Gordon and Batman. Gordon's already going to get fucking, you know, basically castrated. He doesn't need... Like, it it didn't do anything for it. It took a great story. The animation wasn't as good as the art. And they added this weird fucking element to it that did not need to be there. So that's why it is at 19. If we were doing comics, Alan Moore's comic masterpiece killing joke would be way the fuck up there. All right, 18. This one... See, this is the thing. The last two, I didn't like. Everything else, it goes up a level. Batman Sub-Zero. No, a lot of people are going to be mad, but, I mean, look what I have in front of me or listen to, and then you tell me where the fuck you would put it. Um, I like this movie. By the way, I don't have Batman Beware of the Batwoman because I forgot it existed until, like, yesterday, and I was like, shit. And I already had 20. That's another one, I, I like I said, I didn't do. Batman uh, Gotham by Gaslight. You know, there's a couple that I had to uh, leave out of there. So, apologies. Apologies! Hope you guys watch the Boba Fett thing. Alright. Batman Sub-Zero is a pretty good film. It's shorter. It's got a good um, story within with Mr. Freeze trying to save his wife. He's not really bad anymore. He's keeping to himself in the Arctic. He has two pet polar bears. It's a fun movie. But it's short, and it just seems like a longer episode of the animated series. I liked a lot of aspects of the story. I liked where it went to, how it got down to them being on that giant fucking ship and and, and trying to do the, well, it was supposed to be, or at least presented to Barbara as a blood transfusion, but obviously that's not the case, and all the mayhem that proceeds within it. Um, But, you know, there's got to be a later, there's a lot of movies, so we'll, we'll keep on moving in. 17, Batman, Hush. Spoilers, if you've never read the book, comic book and you want to just move on, I don't know, like a minute or two, you'll probably find the next thing, but if you want to read the comic, I'm going to reveal something. This was like most of these are literal adaptations. They might twist some stuff like we we talked about with the killing joke. Hush also suffers from doing the exact opposite like the killing joke where it has to kind of change things from the story Hush is a great comic. I mean, Jim Lee's art, Jeff Loeb's brain, just incredible stuff. And, uh, I don't know. They, they decided to change things. We took out the whole Jason Todd aspect to it. You know, there were concepts apparently in which they thought the Riddler might be hush. I I don't know if they knew that it was going to be Thomas Elliott. And that's also what I was giving away. Basically. But you know, in the comics, you have—is it the Riddler? Is it Two Face? I mean, uh, is it Thomas Elliot? Uh, is it someone else? Is it Jason Todd? And a lot of people thought Jason Todd. Well, they went with the Riddler. But the thing is, Riddler's not a marksman. Riddler's not a badass, unless I miss something where they explain that within dialogue really quickly. Um, I love Riddler as a character. I just don't find him to be a badass, and uh, it just you know. I'm not saying they had to do Jason Todd or Thomas Elliott. They could have figured out someone, but then again, well, who the hell are you going to pick? So there you go. But very different compared to some of the other ones I'm going to talk about. All right. We have next, uh, we were talking about a second ago, Batman Forever. Batman Forever will always have a special place in my heart, but it's number 16 on my top 20. Because... Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey. He eats up the scenery, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Uh, I mean, the main thing that really fucking holds that movie back to me is Tommy Lee Jones. He's just fucking nine different characters. Sometimes he's Jack Nicholson's Joker. Sometimes, I, I don't even know. You could just tell that he was taking a paycheck compared to the other ones. I love Kiss from a Rose, but they only play it at the end of the credits. After the first set of, you know, the first song's done. So it's it's not even in there. And I watched it recently. I still think Val Kilmer's a good Bruce Wayne Batman, you know. And I like the dynamic that they had of him talking to Nicole Kidman's character as a therapist. And it was kind of Hugo Strange-esque. But not really. But like her being a love interest instead of a villain trying to take him down. Um, he was good. Chris O'Donnell was fine in it. Uh, but... It was still cheesy. It was definitely the hybrid period between Returns and Batman and Robin. And there was more story. It was less a toy commercial or a McDonald's commercial, whichever one you want to look at, basically. Same thing at that point. But there's so much cheese. There's so much just not good acting. (laughs) A lot of bright colors. It's pretty cool. I'm sure it had a high budget for the time. All right, so we go from 16 to 15. Batman 66. I think that if you don't watch this movie like it is a spoof movie, you're going to hate it and be miserable with it. But if you just say, and they should let Will Arnett, we'll talk about him in a little while. Um, they should let you know him do a live-action 1960s-themed Batman movie. We already have like four of them right now in in the whole entire fucking thing, who gives a shit, is what I'm trying to say, um, but, yeah, just, just let Will Arnett do it, and just do, like, uh, comedy that's, like, uh, you know, uh, awesome powers, but less sexual, and that is this, Batman 66, it's so fucking stupid, but it's funny, the way that they figure out, like, the, the puzzles, how they pull it out of their ass, and, like, act like that would make sense is ridiculous. There's shark repellent. There's sharks eating Batman at one point. There is fucking torpedoes with people in it. They 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 powder. They turn people into powder and then assemble them. I mean, it's absolutely bonkers stupid, but it's Adam West Batman. Him and Burt Ward just having fun, you know? How are you going to hate that? And then you have all the villains. Now, you don't have the amazing Eartha kit as Catwoman. I forgot the actress that played her, but she did a great job as well. But of course you have Cesar Romero as a joker. I forgot the Riddler, the actor that played him, but another great performance. And um, Mickey, what, the, why can't I think of his name? Yeah, from grumpy old men, Bur-, Bur or blah, Burgess Meredith as the penguin, best live action penguin period. Sorry. Come at me. Danny DeVito fans and uh, go read a comic. Anyways, but, yeah, it's so stupid, but it's still a good time. Same thing kind of goes for number 14, The Lego Batman. <laughs> this movie, The Lego Movie so much fun, stupid, and just nonstop spastic ridiculousness. This one's the same thing with Batman as the theme. Batman is in there, uh, played by, like I said, Will Arnett. Uh, you have um, Michael Sarah playing Robin. Zero Dawson as Barbara Gordon. Uh, The Joker is played by, oh, man, Between Two Ferns. What is that actor's name? All right, now this is going to drive me crazy. Sorry, guys. You got to find this type of stuff out. You can't just be, like, in mystery or whatever. So Hangover would be the most easy way to find this. Hangover. And Zach Galifianakis. He plays the Joker. It's fun. It's all about Joker wanting Batman to admit that he's the greatest villain. Batman's kind of a dick and his family have to make him... Ralph Fiennes plays uh, uh, Alfred. They have to make him realize that he needs family, essentially. And at one point, Joker gets sent to the Phantom Zone and brings back with him an array of villains, including King Kong, um, Voldemort, you know, the robots from from, uh, from... Texas, what. what is that who i don't watch is that british show but the exterminate oh man i'm not looking this one up i'm sorry guys it's not happening Brain's just gonna have to keep on processing and go on um doctor who there you go but there it, it was a fun movie but it's also really stupid at, at some points and it couldn't keep my attention because i'm not younger and i think that definitely has something to do with it number 13 Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I love this movie. I love the weird backstory. We kind of talked about it with Barbara and and Bruce. That's shown throughout this. I love, you know, that the Joker, um, gets to come back in a big way and has this huge body and he's, he's all buff and, you know, sends his mind to another person and has to fight with Terry McGinnis. I love Terry. Um, I love uh Will, Will Froddle from um Friedel? uh from Boy Meets World as Terry McGinnis. Uh just a great film. And uh yeah, another great Batman story. This one for Mr. Batman Beyond. Number 12, Batman the Long Halloween. I'm going to put the parts together. I know some people are going to say that, that 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 shouldn't count. It was one fucking comic book. If you if you play them together, Part one and part two next to each other, it would be a full two and a half hour to two hundred two hour and forty minute movie. So for both of these, so I said, eh, screw it, going with this. So put them together. Good adaptation, definitely takes some changes. The animation is not as beautiful, I think, as the art in the, as, in the comic, but it does a good job of keeping them looking like they did doing the panels shot for shot. You find the downfall of of Harvey Dent. Obviously, the Dark Knight would take from this, of him being this good guy working with Gordon and working with Bruce. And remember, this was made after the animated series is when he did the Long Halloween with Tim Sales um, and Dark Victory. So there's a lot of stuff that they set up, or Paul Dini, I should say, from the animated series that they took from. You know, Batman really, or Bruce becomes friends, with Harvey Dent, Harvey's trying to do work during the daytime against the bad guys while Batman takes them at night for Gordon, and everything goes awry. And it's a great comic book. It would be higher on my comic list. They they were able to take almost three hours of content between the two parts and do a really good adaptation, and it really deals with something that Batman Begins and Bat, and The Dark Knight both deal with, is the criminal underworld, you know, and Gotham, the television show Gotham, like with the the Falcons and and everyone, you know, the Roman, if you will, is a big character in this, and it kind of keeps you questioning things towards the end, I will say, with the reveal, but uh, really, really good stuff. All right, we go down to number 11, Batman. Attack on Arkham. This is what Suicide Squad should have just been. The original one. Um, And we'll never see David Ayer's version, but the one that they fucking edited to hell and made it a music video song-themed shit pile. But they should have just done this. This was perfect to introduce all the Suicide Squad, keep Batman involved, keep it about Arkham, where Joker is... I'm pretty sure... Yeah, he kind of, like... He, uh you know causes all this um and and so that he can get the hell out of arkham but it's really cool between him and harley um just a a lot of good stuff a uh, great version of deadshot for one of the first ones besides the besides in secret 6 i think it was like the same time period deadshot kind of started getting more of an identity and i think that this movie should not have been used as a blueprint for fucking suicide squad Or The Suicide Squad. Whatever one's the fucking first one, basically. Um, But yeah. It just was a really good Batman story. Especially out of the animated ones. Alright, now we're at 10. And people are going to freak. Mostly because of my choices, but I don't care. 10, I I think, if it wasn't for certain... This one could have been moved, to me. But I'll keep it at 10. I'll just put it that way. Batman Returns, the Tim Burton movie with Batman in it. It is beautifully shot. The design, the characters, they look awesome. Uh, The costumes are great. Um, The story, to me, is fucking silly and takes little of the Batman mythos and just, you know, does the Tim Burton thing. So Penguin, he is now two rich people this disgusting looking monster child that they throw in the river goes down the sewer and he meets penguins and eventually carnies from a circus end up coming and and helping him and that's his family underneath Gotham um Catwoman who don't get me wrong Michelle Pfeiffer is awesome she is phenomenal in this movie I won't get, I won't take anything away from her But her whole entire origin, she is a meek woman, which, I mean, Selena Kyle never was. Uh, She gets pushed out the window from Christopher Walken's character. She falls, I don't know, six stories. Nothing stops her, really, besides a couple, like, whatever, fabric from things. And a couple cats. A lot of cats, actually, lick her back to being alive. You might love this movie, but just think about what the fuck I just said for it. Not to mention the ending, or this is the pussy I really need, something that Danny DeVito said. Um, I like Michael Keaton in the first one better. Also, his Batman in the first one was definitely not as murderous. Whether it be setting people on fire, throwing bombs while smiling, this guy killed fucking everyone in the goddamn film. And I'm not someone that's like, you know, we're going to talk about something similar to that next. Um, where that's a make it and break it but I'm just saying that uh, it wasn't really needed I don't think so yeah to me I think people look with rose tinted glasses I think is the expression and uh, go back and watch it it's fucking cheesy as hell some of the dialogue's ridiculous I mean the penguin bites a guy's nose at one point while eating raw fish there's a scene where Him and Catwoman are trying to one-up each other by threatening each other's pet, a canary, and a cat. Um, And Batman, I'm pretty sure, gets pretty fucked up in it pretty badly. So, you know, good stuff. But it's 10, so leave me be. Same thing with you DCEU fans, you Snyder fans. Because my number nine, BVS, the Ultimate Edition, I pretend the other one doesn't exist. Technically it'd be more of a Batman film if it was that, because it cuts out Superman's fucking story completely out of the better extended version. But I thought Ben Affleck's Batman. I'll, I'll say my pros. Ben Affleck's Batman looks like the dark Knight. Batman, dark Knight returns, Batman. Awesome. Body size. Uh, I love the modulated voice. It's something that really would have helped Christian Bale and his films. I, I if, if I'm being really serious, um, Don't like that he's murderous. I was just about to say the same thing, but his fighting—Christian Bale had a lot of good fighting. I didn't give it as much credit beforehand, but it was not as quick, not as video game comic book esque. You know, Ben does it. It looks like fucking assault on Arkham, or no, no uh, Arkham Asylum, I should say. In the scene where he goes and takes out the warehouse full of people, he's just beating everyone's ass, taking them. I love the scene where they find him in the first house and he's he's up in the corner and the two cops start shooting at him. Just that type of stuff was great. Martha scenes still always going to fucking screw shit up for me. Um, but I like that he doesn't trust Superman and that's what sets this up. That one time they were trying to get Christian Bale to come back. They were trying to offer him a lot of money and he turned it down. And I feel like this was going to be Zack Snyder's movie and Ben Affleck was actually supposed to be doing the justice league movie at that time. So if that were to have happened, they probably would have kept Christian said, screw it, but kept Ryan Reynolds as green lantern because I mean, it wasn't really his fault and they could just give him another movie or whatever. And just put him in this movie. And it's the same thing. They never talk about metropolis in Gotham. It could be across whatever they could have incorporated the same thing and then you have Batman, who's seen a lot of shit, so I don't know, but I love Ben Affleck's performance, what he did in this was great, like I said, the murderous stuff, eh? you know, I mean, he uses his Batmobile as like a murder city tool, like it's twisted fucking metal, but he was good in it, and yeah, um, the fight with Superman is is actually pretty cool, it's from the comics, very much, at least the panels are, And uh, that was a really cool aspect. And to set up a lot of potential that we would see after this. Now, whether or not that lived up to that said potential uh, remains to be seen. This is the only one that I have on here. I love Snyder Cut, Justice League, but I'm not watching a four-hour fucking movie. I just watched it not too long ago. It's going to be a little while, especially since that's like establishing the Avengers Avengers is not an Iron Man film, you know? If you're going to watch the Iron Man films, you probably watch all the Iron Man films. Maybe, I guess, that it could count more so for Iron Man 2, but who gives a fuck about the goddamn Age of Ultron? But yeah, that's what, you know, it's... it's, Justice League, to me, is not a Batman film. Batman versus Superman. Superman's this new guy, Batman's been there, he's first right there, and this is Ben Affleck's performance. I will also say that the couple sequences they have for the Suicide Squad in that shit movie, but him catching Deadshot was awesome. Him going after Joker was awesome. And, uh, you know, I used to try to stick up for Jared Leto. I, Joker, I, I can't. I'll even kind of go over my Batman and Jokers after we're done with all this. Um, so, yeah. Next is number eight. Uh, one of my favorite animated uh, DC uh, comic films. It was, uh, Batman, uh, Red Hood. Uh, you had Jensen Eccles as a Red Hood. Great actor to play it. Used to love Supernatural, at least the first couple seasons. Not, I just kind of fell off. Nothing. I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever. Different, but, uh, you know, you have, uh, Bruce Greenwood, great actor. Just came off of, I think, Star Trek, uh, playing Batman's voice. It's just a fun film and they go over stuff that's in the comic books, all the stuff obviously with uh the 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 uh oh man it's not the black skull I can't remember. Oh my lord this is what I'm saying. You know you can never (sighs) um Black mask. Oh my god. Sorry guys you know, you have those brain farts. It's a Monday that I'm recording this, so shit happens. But him, Batman, it's just a really cool story. um, And dynamic between Nightwing and, well, Dick Grace and Jason Todd, and Bruce Wayne. And Batman having so much guilt about him dying. And Red Hood being this awesome anti-hero. Punisher-esque, but like a little bit more, I think, like, like, Punisher is very serious. Red Hood is not very serious. He's had a lot of serious shit that's happened to him throughout his life and coming back from the Lazarus pit, getting killed by the Joker, remembering all of that. But he's more of like a cool character, and he's murderous, especially if you are a villain. And there's a lot that comes back to the guy that killed Jason Todd within this, the Joker, that is pretty cool. And I believe the Joker's played by the guy that did Bender's voice that's sadly not playing him again, but, um, definitely check it out. The only other one I would say that would probably be better than that is Batman year one, which is my number seven. One of my favorite comics about Batman is definitely year one from Frank Miller. This adaptation is very, very close. I haven't see the thing is I haven't read year one since I was in high school. So that was like the early 2000s, but I remember watching this and just being very impressed how consistent to the story it is this is early batman he's fucking up he's you know they're not with him gordon is not the commissioner at this point and uh you know you just have a very interesting dynamic great voice acting for one you get ben mckenzie who ended up playing gordon in gotham but he plays the voice of batman he's great in it and then you have the amazing brian cranston you know walter white playing Jim Gordon, which is a reason why I think a lot of people wanted to play Gordon in in the first place. And just all the trials and tribulations that he has in the shit city, trying to be a good man, trying to be a good cop and Batman trying to help out. And the cops hate him because they're so fucking corrupt. It's such a good film. Batman begins has a lot from this. And apparently, like I said, the Batman is supposed to be pulling a lot from this. So I love the story. Probably my favorite out of the uh, just self animated movies that DC has done. Um, And let's get to my number six. It is The Dark Knight Rises. I still think this is a pretty good film. There are lots of editing flaws, uh, lots of double film parts. That they go back to that where it just could have been cut out because they obviously didn't realize they filmed something and they needed something like of a crowd, so they took that part that they already showed. Like I know they were coming off the fact that Heath Ledger was going to go on to play the Joker, and uh, tragically he passed away before he even got to see anything besides the uh, beginning scene, the uh, the uh, robbery scene in The Dark Knight. And that's it. And then he passed away tragically by getting an an accidental amount of sleeping medications that were different from different doctors and not knowing that if you mix certain ones with it, it could be lethal and trying to get home to his kid and having terrible sleep apnea and insomnia. Just a tragic, tragic story. But, you know, I know that he also came off Inception. I don't know basically how long Goyer and Jonathan Nolan, David Goyer and Jonathan Nolan, got to write the script if they had to kind of like revise it and what Christopher had stuff could have been trimmed. There's probably a better film. What about 10 minutes, 15 minutes shaved off. Um, but I mean, even though they change him up completely and he's fucking also, once again, not Hispanic. He's I believe Bane was, was he Peruvian or Venezuelan? It was something like that. And, uh, but Tom Hardy is memorable. The way they shoot him, since Christian Bale's like 6'1", and, and Tom Hardy's like 5'10", I think, he looks huge. He's jacked. And it's and it's the version of Bane from Nightfall, another great comic book um, series that was made in the early 90s. I forgot the uh, writer. Oh, that whole thing was great. But like about Bane, the guy that was able to break Batman's back, and he does it. And instead of doing the Venom, he's just this huge dude that kept it grounded. So they had it so that it was keeping him alive, like the breathing. So later on, Batman would use that instead of like how he took out his venom, he'd take out that. Very similar. Um Christian Bales Batman. Christian Bales, like at the beginning, his Batman's barely in this. Uh doesn't come in towards until later. But I I I I don't know why that people are split on it, but I think that Anne Hathaway is, is perfect. As the comic book accurate, and I'm hoping that that Kravitz Zoe Kravitz does that too. She's perfect as as huh, perfect, She's perfect as Catwoman. I think I think Tom Hardy's amazing as Bane. I think the story itself, especially as will watch these, you know, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, all within a couple of days, They flow together so much and told such a great story. You have all the other original, you know, game players and it's the ending to this amazing story and you know everything that's seen at the end it's like did alfred really see that or was he just kind of hoping that and that was a thought in his head like christian or uh what should we call it um christopher nolan leaves you on that whole entire well you kind of create it sort of uh pathways and am i am i forgetting anyone else um they, they they completely underutilized the actress that played Talia and I can't she's an inception. Um her death scene sucked. And that's actually a direction thing more than anything. That's not her. She's a great actress. Um, but it's a it, it's it's a good film. It's definitely the one that's kind of I don't know, just not glaring, but definitely not as good as the uh, the other two. The other two are, are on a different level, but we'll get there. Uh, Oh, it's Marion uh, Cot- Cotillard? Yeah, yeah, she played Talia. If I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Apologies. All right, now we're at the top five. Ooh, this is exciting, and I'm really happy with my top five. And like I said, if you don't agree with me, I don't know what to tell you. You know, make your own fucking thing. Just kidding. All right, five. We have Batman, The Mask of the Phantasm. Incredible movie. The best Batman movie in the 90s. 89 was 89. Remember that. So if you're looking at Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Mask of the Phantasm, the animated one based off the animated series, and Batman and Robin, this is the best one. It's much shorter, but tells a really great story with the newer character they create that could have been very easily Selena Kyle, if they wanted to, or maybe even Talia. But they went with a different story about this mysterious figure, the phantasm, that's taking out all these major mob bosses, and this love story of Bruce and this woman that he used to know, basically, that he was very, very close to when he first started as Batman and it takes aspects I would say of Batman year one and puts it right in there because you go from like beginning to now it's also kind of by itself because we don't know if this is since it's I mean all the cars look like the 1940s style cars in Batman animated series but it's more futuristic too this actually just looks like it's it's supposed to be in the past so you know from what we're supposed to believe in this it's also where Joker is actually a originally a just a sicko mob boss working for uh, the mob so as like a hired gun. So it I don't know if it shares the exact same continuity as the DCEU or AU I should say. Animated universe, my good son. Um but it's just a great fucking film. Great fucking Batman story. Original um and the the it's it's the animation looks a little more crisp than the animated series which the animated series already looked great um so just big up like i said to paul dinny and bruce tim all right number 4 my favorite adapted comic book especially this one i think is the closest maybe batman year 1 is about the same but The Dark Knight Returns, Part 1 and 2. First of all, I mean, (laughs) you got Peter Weller. Fucking Robocop. He is playing that version of Batman, voice-wise at least, better than Ben. Ben, he wasn't trying to compete or anything like that. He had a modulated voice, but this was the telling of that great story from Frank Miller in those two parts. I would say almost exact, and it's a longer, like I said, it's in two parts. It's, it's, I think, two hours and 30 minutes if you combine them both. I think it's like an hour and 15 for each part. I watched them back-to-back. I mean, it's The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, it's everything that that story is and might not have the exact art from Frank Miller, But the story is all Frank Miller, and the animation is very trying to be that comic book, and they do a great job. Just fantastic. The fight with Batman and Superman at the end. You know, everything. Everything looked amazing, and it's one of my favorite stories, and it was adapted into an animated classic, I, I, I feel like. All right, now we're at the top three. Number three, Batman 89. This is one of the first memories I have as a kid. I was probably about five years old when this came out, and my cousin Carla took me. Um, and uh, I just remember just being mesmerized by Jack Nicholson's Joker, and it really is the reasoning and launching point for me liking not only Batman, because I also love Spider-Man 2, but those two really got me into comic books. So if it wasn't for that, I don't know what I would have a couple of years later. I'm like 6 or 7 and the animated series happens and the rest is history, but Michael Keaton's great. He's an amazing he's an amazing Bruce Wayne, he's a great Batman. Um Kim Basinger is 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 fantastic as Vicki Vale. It's got a very 80s like, acted... It's it's an 80s movie, and that's what I love about it. Like, Ghostbusters, you know? Uh, or uh, Back to the Future. Like, Batman 89 still inhabits that, even though it's the last year. Jack Nicholson as a Joker. His one-liners. I mean, everything throughout it. Wait till they get a look at me now. Terrible Jack Nicholson. Sorry about that. But... And then the ending, with the King Kong-style ending. You know? Uh, it just... And what I mean is when Jack falls from the building and you know, beauty really killed the beast or whatever. But just great stuff. Great showing from Michael Keaton. Really looking forward to seeing what happens with him in Flashpoint and then in Batgirl. Um He's a great Batman, and this proved it. And he was the best thing about Batman Returns to me, besides Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. So number two. To me, the greatest origin. Story, yes, more than Sam Raimi's Spider Man 1, M- more than I would say Superman from Richard Donner, uh, more than I would say Iron Man from John Favreau. Batman begins, it's the start of a trilogy, but people really sleep on it when it came out in 2005, it changed everything like you had movies you had you had your blades but a lot of unfortunately a lot of people thought that blade was like a horror franchise like an underworld before underworld came out obviously but blade was out first two films were awesome from Guillermo del Toro third one was trash you had the Sam Raimi ones the first two were awesome the third one not so much you had the X-Men ones from Brian Singer piece of shit um first two were awesome the third one kind of fell short fantastic 4 <laughs> you know there was a lot of them that it, it would catch on they would get money and then they just would not finish the landing well and that is not the case i don't think with this film you know uh, or with 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 this film and what it did with those those marvel movies you had and then this coming out by 2008 the movies will be changed forever because you have Iron Man coming out. It will start the MCU. And then you also have the Dark Knight. Batman Begins is a great story. It's a good origin story. It's different, but they do it still correctly. Liam Neeson's amazing as Raj Al Ghul. Um, this is before he's doing like a million action movies where he's talking to someone on a, on a fucking phone, whispering and shit, and then springs in the action and beats the crap out of people. No, this was him when he was acting. <laughs> I feel like, and he was amazing. Ken Watanabe, for like the small portion of time he was in it, was awesome. Um, as the the the, the fake, Rajah Ghoul. but um, I they, he even got Nolan even got a good performance out of uh Katie Holmes, who would end up believing Maggie Gyllenhaal would then perform as the same character. Of Rachel Dawes in The Dark Knight, but just everyone. Cillian Murphy's Scarecrow is the best adapted. Well, I guess it's the only one technically, besides the animated series, or not the animated series, uh, Gotham, but it's definitely the best one out of those two. And I actually like the Gotham one as well, but. The way he, he he uses eyes and the facial expressions and his calm demeanor, then grabbing the, the mask and putting it on and scaring his victims after plaguing them with the poison and the whole buildup at the end and seeing the slums, something that you don't get to see again in the trilogy, like how they look in Batman Begins. It just shows you how you get this, this, this man who has all this tragedy happen, and how he's like, screw that, and then finally uses what he learns from his journey to make him into the superhero. The Batman in this, you know, some of the best scenes. Him taking out everyone at the, uh, what were they, they were near trailers or whatever, and and picking apart guys, taking them out, you know, really quickly. Um, I also love in Dark Knight Rises, how they do that homage to the Dark Knight Returns, where they're, you know, with the machine gun down that hallway, and Batman's coming going from one side to the other, and just beats the crap out of them. I mean, just stuff like that. Incredible stuff. Imagery. Great Batman stuff when he grabs the, uh... I don't know why he wasn't Harvey Bullock, but that character, if you will, and bringing him up, and he says, I swear to God! Swear to me! Where's Rachel? And that one thing... That's the one thing that 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 hurts my number one. If you, if you haven't figured out what it is, is that in Batman Begins and also Bat, Dark Knight Rises, his voice is not so fucking sore and stressed, and it just sounds perfect uh, the way that he does it. And I love Gary Oldman. Oh, as Commissioner Gordon, incredible, one of the best. He is like, and, and I think that um, oh, what's the name of the actor that's playing him, um. I think that he's gonna do an incredible job. But Gary Oldman to me is exactly like pulled from the comics. This is Jim Gordon. I love Ben McKenzie, because I was a Gotham fan. But I don't know, it's just it's just different. You know, I think that Jeffrey Wright is going to do great. I think he's gonna be awesome. He has also a very Jim Gordon look to him. But Gary Oldman was perfect. He was very similar to the the same character that we get used to in both the Long Halloween's graphic novel series and Year One, you know. It's just and also the animated series. He's just a badass. And then you have Cain, M- as sh- I sh- a wonderful person, is Alfred, who gets to talk to Bruce Wayne. You know, why do we pick ourselves up to get back up? You know that type of stuff. Just just great father figure for Bruce, and of course Morgan Freeman who plays Lucius Fox just the cast is ridiculous and it only I think gets beaten out by my number one because I love Batman Begins I I there's a couple things like the fact that you know this is a guy that doesn't kill but lets Liam Neeson die and at the beginning of it blows up the whole entire fucking (laughs) League of Shadow location so and, and unintentionally kills a bunch of them too but I mean, other than that, the voice is great. Those scenes, like I said, where he pulls up the cop and he can swear to me and all that type of shit, so good. It's the greatest Batman movie, period, because it's about Batman, and that's the one thing that I will say is against my number one is The Dark Knight. Now, Batman is in this movie a lot. People say that he isn't. I watched them all. It's just it's not that he is not in it. He's overshadowed. One thing that takes away from him is, also, but Bruce is great. Like, when he gets in that accident to save that guy um, that's going to, you know, exploit his name. And then the Joker goes after him. You know, you get to see Bruce Wayne. And all the stuff with him and Alfred and then him and Morgan Freeman throughout it as Bruce Wayne's great. But Batman is when he's stressing his voice so much.
1: I'm not wearing architects.
0: Like, it's still good. It's still an awesome movie. It's... I just think the pacing of this movie is better than most films. To me, it's like Pulp Fiction, but Pulp Fiction was confusing, you know, with the way they did it, first-time viewer. There is not... there. Every scene goes, transitions perfectly, one from the other, into the other, into the other, seamlessly. You don't know times going by. And yes, we have to talk about it. Might not be 100% comic accurate, and I've complained about that before, but when I am deducing, when it comes to an acting performance, when it comes to taking something and making it his own, no one has shit on Heath Ledger as the fucking Joker. He is incredible. He's mesmerizing. He scares you every scene he is in. When he busts the fucking Harvey Dent party at Bruce's uh, house and, you know, just talking about his scars with Rachel, throwing her out the window, his little quotes, what he says. Oh, my God, the scene where fucking Batman interrogates him and then shuts the door and starts beating the shit out of him. He's so mesmerizing and so intelligent. He doesn't give a fuck. The pencil trick. I mean, everything. He's And they made him scary, and they made him disturbing, and they made him murderous, and they didn't even have to have it rated R. They 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 were able to do everything perfectly when he lights some money on fire like he doesn't give a shit i will say some of the amazing abilities that batman's able to do is kind of ridiculous i know it's batman but it's supposed to be a realistic take and the whole entire scene where he's knocking out guards and realizing that the bad guys are actually the ones that are pretending to be hostages and vice versa before the cops can get there and then very very well timed i will give him that but i mean everyone's fucking acting performance was amazing. That dude that was in the, uh, Suicide Squad that played Um Polkadot Man, and he was also in Ant-Man, His, that small scene where Harvey Dent, you know, is, is basically interrogating and, and semi-torturing him and about to, like, kill him, like, that's what made him an actor. They gave him just, like, a little bit. He did really well, and they gave him a longer scene, and they decided to put this part in there and make it for him. And that started his career. I mean, he was great. At uh, Tiny Lister, aka Zeus, aka Devo, fucking amazing on that. On that, I forgot about it. The fucking two boats, you know, because I haven't seen these movies in about five years. I would say, if not longer. I love the Dark Knight, and I used to watch it all the time. But I mean, you know, streaming becomes an option. There's more stuff to do, so you f- you forget about this stuff. But the whole Joker making them pick. And 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 not realizing as bad as Gotham is, it's not as bad as he perceives it to be in his head. And it's so sad and tragic with them swinging upside down, telling Batman that they're going to be doing this forever. And we all knew what would happen from there, but my God, a masterpiece. It's one of my favorite films. I go, Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, The Dark Knight. And I don't care if someone disagrees with that. That's my top three. It's going to be really hard for anything... To break that top three. Because after that, you're talking about Chinatown. You're talking about Fight Club. You're talking about some of my favorite comedies. The Dark Knight, I just think that even though... And Pulp Fiction and fucking Goodfellas are like perfect to me as well. It's my favorite Nolan movie. Um, With Inception probably being next. And then The Prestige probably being... No. Memento, then The Prestige. I just... I don't know. Watching it again just made me realize how amazing it was, how much of a loss Jared Leto or <laughs> Heath Ledger was. Sorry, I didn't mean to joke about that. Saying Jared Leto was obviously an accident, but just how much of a loss he was. and Well, in general, obviously, because the man had a family. But ah, just incredible performance. He causes all this chaos, and he's so intelligent. He's always one step ahead of you know Aaron Eckhart, who is compl- another one who's kind of overshadowed. Amazing, and thank you for smoking. If you've never seen that, but as Harvey Dent and who becomes Two Face, and the scene where he lets him free, and he doesn't kill him because he kind of understands this concept of chaos that Heath Ledger's Joker just embodies completely. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It is to me my number one of the greatest Batman. <laughs> And now to, to and like I said, if you like it, great. If you don't, I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Have a conversation with me. Dane Al's 42 on Twitter or Dane Al's on Facebook. Find me at the Geek Vibes, um, you know, uh, Facebook page. And we can talk about it. I'll give you my favorite, Batman, now. And I'm hoping, I want to see where the Batman lands on this, and I will tell you guys once I review it, what gets knocked down I know that Batman and Robin's getting knocked off this list and I have no problem with that cuz then I will say at least all of them even the Killing Joke and Hush even though they're poorly adapted the film the list will be all pretty good films I would say like like pretty good to like a, amazing to to yeah to to some of them towards the end but out of the live action movie Batmans I'm gonna pick this is kind of it's not fair. <laughs> it really is not but yeah, George Clooney's gotta be the last um like I said, live action, so I'm gonna keep Kevin Conroy out of it because he would kinda probably probably win it. But I'm gonna go George Clooney, Adam West, Val Kilmer And then I gotta really think about this. Oh god, Michael Keaton. Ben Affleck. And I can't believe this because I downed him and I doubted him. My number one, Christian Bale. Now the Jokers. Last one's Jared Leto. Then I would say Caesar Romero from the classic sixties. Uh and then I am going to go. This is where it gets a little bit harder. I am going to go Joaquin Phoenix, Jack Nicholson, and my favorite one will be Jared Leto. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Heath Ledger. So, yeah, that probably does it for me, man. I don't know. Just uh, fun stuff. Look forward to seeing The Batman. It's going to be a fun movie. It's getting already great reviews seeing it this weekend, the only, I don't know, not really negative, the stuff that I've heard that are the only things to dislike about this movie, usually when that's said, like, the only things I didn't like, which it wasn't much, like, when I've heard from reviewers, is that it's a little bit long, and gets a little bit dragging, so we'll see how that is, but hey, I can take it probably a 30 hour, it's just, how is it paced, how's the editing when it comes to that, but I think Matt Reeves is a terrific director. And then the ending is kind of... It's setting up stuff to come. So it seems like Batman Begins did a really good job of ending that story, but then kind of setting up a little bit with the Joker. I'm curious to see what the Batman does. And like I said, if this is Chinatown meets year one, essentially, or or whatever the fuck, uh, you know, with that whole Zodiac, David Fincher, serial killer style feel, you know, seven detective story. That's what I heard. That's the, that's the biggest thing is that this is the best detective story. And I will say another thing about the dark Knight trilogy. I used to shit on the detective work. Once again, rewatch the movies. He's actually a pretty damn good detective and he starts from scratch and it's supposed to be more realistic. So, you know, not saying my thing that I said earlier though, if you have Batman the animated series that's grounded and it goes in this fantastic Superman concept and it goes there, you could have done the same thing if you wanted to with Christian Bales. I've kind of reversed what I thought originally, but I still love Ben Affleck, and I'm looking forward to Flashpoint. And uh, yeah, I'll do some stuff around there, but until then, guys, check out the review. We'll be out probably Sunday or Monday, and I will be talking probably either with John or 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 my brother Luke or Nick, someone maybe Chris, maybe a couple of them, a council of people uh, over the Batman. We're going to do a review and then a spoiler review, and then I will tell you where this lands and where Robert Pattinson lands on my list. I can't wait to see this movie. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. Hope you all have a wonderful day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Get ready for this film. Be excited. Happy Batman week. It's time for the Batman to. At least put Batman back on the, the map a bit, you know. It, it's gonna do it's gonna do something, you know? And then we get to see Affleck say goodbye and actually definitively get to say goodbye in Flashpoint, and then Michael Keaton's coming back. We don't know if Christian Bale's gonna end up in that movie, you know? And then it's 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 fun. And let Will Arnett do a nineteen sixties spoof movie like the Adam West ones. That would be fun. I guess you can still do LEGO movies. They just get fucking they almost gave me a seizure last time. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Thank you for checking out Dane Rance. I do these once in a while. Check out Geek Vibes Nation and all of our different shows. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, you can find them on Stitcher, you know, SoundCloud, pretty much any downloadable platform. Just search whatever the show's name is or Geek Vibes. You'll find it. You can also find my wrestling show if you like wrestling, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I do that with Christopher Brother Ray Patton. We break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news, provide you with reviews over the shows and previews over the new premium events coming out. We got WrestleMania coming up. We have uh, whatever the fuck the name it Revolution maybe. Whatever one from AEW, that one's coming too. So We'll have fun, but um, I hope you guys had a great time talking to me. Well, actually I did all the talking, but listening to me talk about my favorite Batman stuff and get you prepared for the Batman. Check out some of those movies that are non-Batman, you know, especially if you've never seen Seven. If you haven't seen Seven, that's a problem. But check it out. It's a fucking awesome movie. And watch all the Batman movies this week. Just do it. Just watch them all back to back to back. You have no life. No no one does. You don't have a job or children. Just watch Batman movies. I had to do it over a month, so and it was a lot of Batman. I've been having batman in my dreams and i mean by that is that we've been fighting crime together don't get fucking weird about it anyways you guys have a good one thank you so much let the geek vibes be with you and as always peace out